Welcome to the RedX Real Estate Podcast. Here, you'll discover how to create stability and opportunity for your business with tips, tricks, habits, and hacks from top performing agents. If you'd like to receive notifications for new episodes, be sure to subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever else you like to listen. And for even more updates on eBooks, webinar trainings, and other useful real estate content, head over to theredx.com slash blog and click on any blog post to sign up for our free weekly newsletter. Thanks for listening. Now sit back and enjoy the episode. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Red X Podcast. Today, uh, we have a very exciting episode. Our guest today is Jason Morris. He's been on the podcast a couple times. Um, and if you're in real estate, I'm sure you've heard his name. Uh, Jason kills it. Uh, in uh, Where are you at, South Carolina, Jason? Is that right? Oh, man. Uh, uh, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina is the market. I live just south of Myrtle Beach. Myrtle Beach, but, uh, awesome. Myrtle Beach, man. Love it. Well, hey, um, for those of uh, you who are joining us online, whether you're on YouTube or Facebook or on our website, please chat in your questions, chat in your comments, and we'll pass those along to Jason so that he can answer those for you. But today we've got a really exciting topic we're going to go over. Jason's going to talk to us about the top ways for you to use GeoLeads in your business. Um, originally, we came up with you know maybe 12 ideas of, of how you can use GeoLeads, the best ways to use GeoLeads in your business. Jason says he might have more than 12, so we are gonna jump right in. Um, Jason, do you wanna just uh, get started yeah, with this? Yeah, um, you know what, I was uh, I was thinking about you know, Red X's products and stuff. I do a lot of training with my group coaching centered around your products and cold calling and actually going out there and um, and getting more listings. I mean, I always feel like if we can talk to more people that are thinking about selling their house, if we talk to more sellers, we're going to work with more sellers. It's just mm -hmm. natural, common sense kind of a thing. So, um, Geo Leads, when you guys came out with it at first, I uh, I looked at it and I was like, man, you know, that's kind of a cool product, but you know, there's, um, you know, it's looking up numbers for neighborhoods and stuff. And I was thinking, like, man, how could I use it? And then you guys added a couple other features to it. And you guys added a, a one-off lookup feature, and you added some features to help you sort property types and different things like that. And um, and just like the rest of the stuff you guys um, you guys put out there, it just keeps getting better. And um, just keeps like getting better and better. And uh, you guys keep looking for ways to improve and looking for ways for real estate agents to really go out there and be successful. So I was um, when we were talking about this training, I was thinking about how I've used Geo Leads here the last couple of years since it's come out, and what have I done in the past? Because I'm in a I'm in a real unique market. Like um, I'm in a market that we've went through the super super high highs, like back in 06 and 07, where we had to get super creative, and we didn't have all the technology we do now. And then I've been my market has sucked, you know, where oceanfront dropped seventy-five percent. It's almost like I'm working in two markets. We have the oceanfront and then we have off the ocean stuff. And the, which is almost two different animals sometimes. And it um gives you a lot of diversity and sometimes you gotta be creative. So um, you know, Geo Leads, for you guys that don't know, haven't seen it, Geo Leads is a software that allows you to go in, you can put, up an ad, put in an address, you can put in a street, you can put in a one address, you can just put a one address, and you can either pull a radius of numbers around it, you can pull the neighborhood, you can pull a one mile radius, or you can um, you know, just pull a few numbers, depending on what you're looking for. Did I, did I sum up that correct? I think so, I think I so. Probably, I probably should have let the Red X guy answer what is GLE, it's the GLE's question. Um, you know, so, uh, so, uh, 
what I was telling you guys, man, there's so many different ways you guys can use this. And we're really excited on one of our brainstorming calls. Um, you know, of course, everybody knows the cold calling, right? Number one, everybody knows the cold calling, um, where you can just pull up a neighborhood and just basically call, right? Just, hey, my name's Jason Morris. I work for Kelly Williams Realty, and I was calling you wondering if you want to sell your house. So everybody kind of knows that one. That's kind of the easy give me one. Um, so, so we've got that one. Andrew, I'm going to go knock off the easy ones real quick, and then we'll go into a couple of the other ideas and lead sources that are a little more involved. So, and then of course we've got the one look all, one number look all. So let's say you've got one expired you want to look up, or maybe you know you've got one twenty one two three Main Street listed, and you've got somebody that you know, hey, the mom's buying that one, and the the son wants to live next door in one twenty five. You know, um, you've got those one number look alls, so you can just look up one random number or one address or whatever it is, and um, and I'll tell you what, I actually use that like heavily the other day. I um, give you guys a great example. Uh, I bought a mobile home, Andrew. Mm -hmm. I showed up 40 days, about 45 days later for the guys to move the mobile home for me to a mobile home park of ours. Yeah. And the mobile home was gone, right? Somebody literally stole the mobile home. Wow. And, um, and you know what? I get home and I'm like, I ask a couple of neighbors. I'm like going, hey, how do I find this? And um, Anyway, I went home, pulled up GL leads, <laughs> and started looking up the next door neighbors and actually calling them. And, and guess what? Somehow or another, I tracked down through my mobile home through that. That just happened like that was Wednesday. And I tracked it down That's like over the weekend. <laughs> I ended up getting a call back, and the lady goes, Oh, I know where that mobile home went. And I'm like, Are you kidding? And um, I don't know. It's a weird story. But, um, but looking up those num one number of look calls. Uh, lookups, you know, we had a situation a while back a few years ago where in our market closer to the beach, there were lots that were big enough, they had old beach houses on them, but they were big enough to be split with zoning. And so um, we did not have geoleads back then, but what we did was we had to physically, we had to dig through and we had to look for numbers and we were looking for those lots that we could buy the house and we could sell it to a builder or developer and they could buy it, tear down the house and basically build two houses, mm. right? But tremendous opportunity with that sort of stuff. So those one number lookup, one number uh, one off lookups are a, um, a big deal. It's a great tool if you can uh, utilize how to find it, what to find it. We're gonna talk more about that in just a minute, but um, you know what? I think that it's very powerful to do just listed calls. Mm. I don't think there are enough agents doing that where you can really, especially in these really, really hot markets where there are no expires, there are very few for sale owners, you know, calling around the listings that you've taken, or if you don't have any, you call around your office of listings. Right. Um, you know, typically, typically if you're a larger office with 100, 150 agents, you're gonna have a lot of listings and literally you could call until, you know, you just can't call anymore, right? Um, right. Just listed, I think, is a very, very powerful uh, strategy. Call it around just solds. Call around just solds, I think, is even another powerful strategy. You call around just solds where you represent the buyer, or you call around just solds of things that, well, if you're the listing agent, of course, but you call around just solds where um, where they've sold in your office, too. So mm -hmm. some of you guys out there that are brand new agents and don't have sales to call around on your own, 
you can just borrow sales from your office because I guarantee you nobody in your office is doing you know if you're at a right. super large office maybe there's one right but yeah. that's it you know um I think a lot of agents don't realize too that when they're when they're spending money on things like direct mail that taking that direct mail strategy or that farming strategy then adding a GOE strategy to follow up on those mail pieces mm -hmm. is a I mean, it's a huge thing that could literally, it could gosh, probably double, triple, maybe quadruple your impact. If you've got a good solid mail piece going out to your farm and then you're on the phone calling the farm after the mail piece. Yeah. You know, but um, just pending, I think just pending is a, um, is a fantastic source of business. You got that house that just went up under contract. And you know what, sometimes when they go under contract, they go under contract kind of quick. Lots of times the listing agent nowadays in my market, they're not putting up pending signs anymore. We used to, it used to be um, years ago, that was a big source of business for us. As soon as we got a contract stuck a pen, pending sign out front, you get calls off of it. But that's not really happening now. And the market is moving up so quick. That person that thought about selling their house a year ago, mm -hmm. um, but couldn't quite get enough for it. Maybe they wanted 150 a year ago, and the top of the market was like 135, 140. Now, 150 would be the cheapest one in the neighborhood, probably about you know 10, 20 thousand dollars in some markets, maybe right. even more. Um, but just pending is it's a great conversation to have too. It's an easy conversation, you know. Andrew, that's one thing that that I try to make it a point in my group coaching and stuff when I'm talking to agents is. A lot of agents go, oh, well, you, you're a cold caller. It's like, no, I'm really not a cold caller. Um, rarely do I, rarely am I just calling people going, hey, hey, Andrew, this is Jason Morris here. Do you want to sell your house today? Usually I like to warm it up a little bit, have some sort of a reason to call rather than, hey, do you want to sell your house? You know, it's a lot easier conversation to say, hey, Andrew, this is Jason Morris. Um, you live at 128 Maple and 121 Maple just went under contract. Uh, we've got a lot of buyers looking in the area. Do you happen to know anybody else that might be want, wanting to sell their house? It's a lot easier to have that conversation than the straight up cold conversation where you had no reason at all to call. Right, so giving them a little bit of context behind the conversation before you jump right in. Yep, going ahead and tell them about this because I'll tell you this too, we're all nosy by, by nature. Right. And, you know, when we're making these sort of calls, you know, we want to use that, knowing that fact, we want to use that to our advantage. Like, if you stop me in my neighborhood that I live in now and tell me about a house going on the market, I want to know about it, even if I'm not the agent or anything, just because I'm nosy and it's down the street from me. <laughs> I, was, uh, I was eating lunch with this guy the other day, and he's another agent in my market. He mentioned, he mentioned a house in my market going, going on the market today, right? He goes, oh, do you see that one pending? And I'll tell you what, as soon as I got back home and I was getting ready for this, man, I had to look it up real quick on MLS and see what my neighborhood was going on the market. Yeah. Um, so, um, and you know what, then you have the opportunity when you're telling the house is just listed, you go, hey, well, you know what, I know that you're not interested, but uh, how about if I email you over some information about the house, maybe you run into somebody that you want to be your neighbor. You have the opportunity to ask for the email address, send them over some information, and actually build a relationship and literally build a people farm of people you talk to. So, um, 
that's a big advantage that you just don't get through mail. You don't get through Facebook ads. Mm. And um, but man, I think one of the I think one of the missed opportunities a lot of agents have right now too. And this I know we talked about a couple of them I didn't even have on my list here, but we I'm at number five right now. I feel like open houses. Mm. You know, like um, a lot of agents in my market, and I think they do this across the country, they'll go, they'll say, hey, we're going to do an open house on Saturday. And what they do is they go get three or four signs, they stick them out, maybe they got a couple balloons on them, maybe they don't, and that's it. They just kind of sit there, bake some cookies, watch somebody else's TV, and hope somebody shows up. And I don't know about anybody else listening to this, but one of the big reasons that I didn't like doing open houses when I was a new agent is because I didn't like sitting in people's houses hoping somebody would show up. But I think that if you do an open house, we had a lot of success with this, where we would take, we would set up the open house, say for example, for Saturday. Mm -hmm. Then we would take, and about three or four days before the open house, we would send out a postcard, okay? And, uh, well, the mail's a little bit slow right now. You might want to send that out about a week ahead now, but we'd send out a postcard inviting them. Then we would take, and we would door knock the neighborhood, and we'd put invitations in all the doors, and then we would call the neighborhood, right? Right. So we'd really have that three-prong approach, and then even with Facebook ads and stuff, we can do some geo-targeting with that, so we could have a full integrated strategy using GeoLeads, but then after the open house, we have the opportunity to call and do follow-up calls after the open house, right? right? So you've done this open house, and hopefully if, you, if you've done everything great, you've got great weather, and you know, um, you have a lot of people show up. Now, a lot of the people that's gonna show up to your open house, they're gonna be nosy neighbors, right? They're going to be nosy neighbors. Hopefully, a lot of them's going to sign in, and you get a lot of leads from that. But then, how powerful is that? And how powerful would that be for you if you took and um, you took you finished the open house on Saturday, then Sunday afternoon, you called up everybody, and you said, "Hey, hey, Andrew, this is Jason Morris. Just wanted to tell you, um, we just had the open house. I invited you last week to it. We had it on Saturday. We had we had 22 people come through. Um, had a lot of interest in the house that we have." Would you have to know any others available in the neighborhood? I mean, how powerful are those follow-up calls? And not only not only do you have that, man, you just went and God, how many touches did you make for that one community? Yeah. I mean, just by doing one open house, you're almost a superstar there. I you did the initial invites, you did the door knocking, you did the mail piece, then you did the follow-up piece, and then you ran a ran a uh, a Facebook ad for the neighborhood too. I mean, you just had five, plus the open house, you just had six touches in one neighborhood over the course of one weekend. Um, literally, you could take GeoLeads, use it, and use the data that you get from it, and you could create a whole integrated strategy where you could take a neighborhood of, say, like two, 300 homes, mm -hmm. and you could be the agent for that neighborhood by just doing just a few open houses and then just some follow-up calls. Because now, now you've, you've made six touches count the open house there. Okay, then once the house goes into contract, that's another follow-up call. Once it closes, that's another follow-up call. Once the next house in the neighborhood, even if you're not the listing agent, goes on the market, 
that's another call. I mean, literally, you could take one neighborhood, you could dominate it using a solid telephone strategy and integrating a couple other small pieces with your open house that I don't think you're going to be as effective if you're not picking up the phone and calling those people and not having those face-to-face conversations. I mean, I feel like that open house strategy, that open house strategy could have been the call by itself. Right. <laughs> but, um, but you know, guys, once you do open house, once you do the, um, the follow-up calls, you know, what else can we do there with that? You know, that's yeah, something that... I was going to say, it seems like you've kind of covered all the, the, the basic ways that people like to use GeoLeads, right? You talked about yep. mailers, just listed, just pending, open houses, right? Neighborhood prospecting. Um, I mean, those are, those are the common ones that we get and, and you've shared some awesome unique strategies within those, but yeah, let's dive into some of those things that, that maybe so are a little more unique. One of them that I've, um, I've done well with over the years is vacant homes. You know, drive, when you're driving around, you're driving to a listing appointment, you're driving around buyers, just driving around whatever your day-to-day stuff. You know, we all go by that house that's got grass that's real high, that's got, um, you know, looks like it's run down. The one that got, they started construction on but didn't finish it. Right. Um, we all go by those houses and we see them in neighborhoods, even our own neighborhoods sometimes. And, um, you know, one of the things I see a lot of agents do is that they'll say, especially new ones, they say, oh, well, I'm gonna get home and I'm gonna look up the stuff and see if they, you know, I can send them a piece of mail. Well, the problem is more than likely that house at the grass is up high. It's probably, this is just my guess, it's probably that they think they've lost the house. Somebody died, so someone got probate. Mm-hmm. There's some sort of situation, maybe there's a repair problem there that hasn't mm-hmm. needs to be addressed before anybody can live there. But with GeoLeads, you just, Write down the address as you're driving around, maybe snap a picture of the outside just so you can remember which one it is. And you go home, you put in the address. And I'll tell you guys, I'll tell you this, man, what I've had luck with. Every now and then you don't get the address to the house. Right? Let's say it's one two three Main Street. One two three Main Street, you don't get the address. Now, what I'd have to do previously when I wanted to uh, try to track down that person is I would have to struggle. <laughs> I would have to sit there on the internet and punch in the one beside it and all this stuff. With GeoLeads, just a couple of clicks, we can get the whole street. Yeah. And um, I've had a lot of success. You know, hey, when I didn't find, you know, John Smith that owns the house, maybe I got in touch with the next door neighbor, and the next door neighbor said, hey, look, I've got a number for those people. Or, hey, this is what the deal is with it. Um, this is what the deal is with it. This is how you get in touch with them. Um, one of the probably one of the biggest things that you can use with this for is filling that curiosity. Mm-hmm. And so I, when I first started selling real estate, I worked with this really old guy. He was um, he was a retired judge, and he had done a bunch of stuff. But he was a real estate broker, and I remember talking to him. And one of the things he said was, "You can make a lot of money in the real estate business by being curious." And um, that's after 17 years. That's kind of stuck with me. And um, sometimes seeing those vacant homes, sometimes seeing uh, seeing homes that were unfinished by a builder. Uh, I'll tell you about a deal I, I put together. This was a while while back. It was um, similar community. This was a few years ago. Driving through the community, there was six houses, and then there was uh, there was a seven. There was actually nine houses total, but three of them looked like they were unfinished. Right? They just looked like shell. Um, 
I took went looked up the numbers, uh, tracked them, tracked the people down, right? Look, and um, I mean, it took a little bit of work, but I ended up listing all. Turned out all nine of those were owned by a company that had bought Builder out of bankruptcy. And get this, they didn't know. The company didn't know they owned that asset. They didn't know there were houses there. And um, long story short is what ends up happening is we sold those to an investor client, right? Sold it to an investor client, a package of nine houses. I want to say it was like $800,000. He went in and fixed the ones that had, um, there were some that had been vandalized. He fixed them up. The other ones, he basically finished them out some. And I ended up with uh, nine listings that averaged, I think, $225,000, $235,000. So we're looking at, like, God, just those, just tracking that person. It took me a few hours to find them, you know. I mean, corporations looking up numbers, calling and asking questions and just being curious. But I think those calls, those, those couple hours of calls and that legwork, um, probably made me upwards of a hundred thousand dollars and um i mean this thing was spread out i don't want to fool anybody andrew this was spread out over like six months i mean finding it that the company that actually owned them i had to go and get all the tax records and send it to them and be like hey you actually own these houses these are the houses that you own (laughs) they had no idea they bought it as part of like a big package with this builder going bankrupt and they didn't realize that they they owned it. And um, but this is a great software and a great tool to go out there and look for things, um, to be curious and be able to quickly, you know, punch in an address and figure stuff out. Yeah. But, uh, now I'll tell you guys this too. We're gonna skip ahead. I got two right here, but I want to get back to those here. Those were actually easier ones I should have went over earlier. We'll save those to the end. So I'll tell you something that's going on right now in most states. And I don't know about Utah. Honestly, I know about South Carolina really well and just stuff what people tell me about the other ones. But, you know, we're coming up on a time of the year right now where people haven't paid their property taxes from the property tax bills that were issued before. So in my area, they put a little green sign out front. (laughs) They put a little green sign on the building that basically says property taxes haven't been paid and it's just a notice. And um, guys, there's an opportunity where you can look for those delinquent property taxes. And you can um, you can actually uh, use GLE, you can use the one number of calls. You can look up the next door neighbors, you can track down those people. And there's a good chance that if they hadn't paid their property taxes, then they probably can't afford their mortgage or they can't afford something else. And it is possibly a situation where this is, is a distressed property, right? Um, now, the other end of that, which agents, for some reason, we don't really look at, is a lot of those people who don't pay their property taxes, do you, do you know what happens? They lose the property. So, so the way this tax thing works is say if I don't pay the property taxes on my house, you go to an auction, you can bid and actually buy that, buy that tax lien, right? It's it's a little different in other states, but it's a similar process. You can actually buy that tax lien, you hold it for X number of months, and if the person doesn't redeem it, and basically if the person doesn't come back and pay the taxes, then you get the property. 
Now, the advantage of you doing that is that um, you're guaranteed a certain interest rate. South Carolina, I want to say, is 12%. There's some states I've heard as high as 18%. Some states are less. So it's a good return on your money. Even if you don't end up with a property, you could end up with a good return that's pretty secure, right? It's better than, better than what most banks are offering. And, um, and it's a fairly easy process. But there's a lot of those people that um, they don't they don't redeem their property. They don't go pay their property taxes. Maybe it's an estate. Maybe the person died. Maybe the person was ill or whatever it is, or just didn't know. Right. So, um, so there's a lot of people that are, are able to redeem the tax deeds for properties. And guess what? There's a lot of them that don't really want the property. They have no emotional attachment. They just, hey, you know, they had ten thousand dollars laying around. They bought ten tax deeds that were thousand bucks a piece and thought they were going to get, you know, 12% interest in the state of South Carolina and things were going to be happy, right? And they're going to move on. And um, then they ended up with a piece of property that, you know, they didn't really want. Um, there's a lot of those. And you know what? When somebody didn't want a piece of property, um, man, that's where we, that should be our opportunity to shine right there. <laughs> uh, I mean, you know, they're fairly easy deals and usually they're pretty reasonable. Well, there's a little process they can go through to get the clean title. There's actually two options. Like, um, I can tell you this for me, I always know when this is coming up because like in my neighborhood, there's a lot about four doors down from my house and it's got the green sign on it that says delinquent property taxes. And um, so that's always a big red flag for me or a big, uh, a big shining light, I guess, saying, hey, look over here, there's something that might be something for sale, you know? Um, but you know what, if you're smart, um, and you go to your county, sometimes the tax assessor's office will give you a list of these people that are behind on taxes. Sometimes you got to pay for it. It just depends on your county. Um, I had somebody tell me they were buying a disc from their county. It would be an Excel spreadsheet, but, uh, my county actually just sells a paper list <laughs> and, um, you know, you have to put them in individually, but Typically, there, there might be one in this community. There might be one, three communities down, you know. Mm -hmm. It is truly a one-off lookup one type of thing. I mean, um, now, with that being said, there's another thing that people do. Most municipalities, um, you live in the city, mm -hmm. you know. So typically, and you guys might be like this even there in the county, but typically, if you live in the city and you want to make some kind of alteration to your house, without a doubt, you got to get a building permit, right? right? Or some sort of permit. They're going to charge you something. That's just what they do. And um, every now and then, though, there's people that just don't follow the process, right? Right. And um, usually, when they don't follow the process, uh, they end up getting they end up getting fined. And I don't know if you know this, but when they get fined. Um, that's all a public record. So let's say you live in the city and you decide, hey, I'm going to add a, a deck on the back of my house, right? Yeah. Somebody, your next door neighbor that you think's your friend, calls code enforcement over. Code enforcement comes over, they see where, where you've added a deck on the back, and they say, hey, that wasn't there, and they find you for it. Um, guys, that's all public record, and that's the same sort of thing. It's just a one-off lookup number. And believe it or not, a lot of these vacant houses that are inside city limits here, after a certain amount of time, the, the city will actually file list pendants 
and they will actually move forward and tear down the property. So, yeah, it happens a lot in cities. Then, so do you uh, scoop but, up that property before before they tear it down? Or? You know what? Sometimes, well, typically they're condemned, and um, typically they're condemned and there's a process, but it's all public record. Right. You can literally go down to the courthouse. You can probably pull it up. Like if you're in a if you're in a bigger county, um, it's a little more advanced technology technologically. You can probably pull it all up online. Or you know what? Just in your or driving around when you see um when you see a place that has a code enforcement sticker, a code enforcement sign out front, um, here they actually put it on the front. Um, I'll tell you about a, a deal I'm working on right now that. Um, it was a fourplex, and I drove by it. I'd seen the grass was kind of high and stuff, and it looked like it'd been sitting vacant for a while. And I didn't really pay much attention to it. Well, a couple of weeks ago, just happened to be in the same area, drive back by it, and it has a bright orange code enforcement um, thing on the front of it. Yeah. And I literally did the same thing we we're talking about. I went home, pulled up GLEs, stuck in the address, and um, and you know what? I took and got all the information on it and stuff, and I, I'm going through contacting the homeowner because lots of times those code enforcement issues um, can be rectified, right? It might not be something you're, you know, these are great properties for investor clients. Great right, properties okay. for investor clients. Your primary residence people that are first time home buyers, a lot of them don't have like the stomach to go and do like a big rehab um, or don't have the, the money, you know, sometimes or the experience. But um, you know what? There's a lot of investor clients out there. This is a person with that with that fourplex unit that, um, man, if they don't do something at some point, the local municipality is going to step in and either they're going to just get fined to death, right? Or they're going to um, possibly the place be torn down, condemned and torn down. That's crazy. That's so. So. So are you? Are you finding those properties and then reaching out to potential investors and having the investors kind of get some interest and kind of probe the city about that? Or what I've done, what I've done with these people is I approach the, the homeowner, right, okay. or the property owner. Yeah, I'm approach the property owner. I attempt to get a listing agreement or some sort of fee agreement, something stating I I get paid <laughs> from them. Right. And um, you know, best best options get a listing agreement, right? Yeah. Um, man, and uh. And then put it on MLS and you know let MLS do the heavy lifting for you. But you know what? If you have investor clients yourself, as soon as you get it, I mean, you can start talking to them about it, you know. And possibly that's a deal where, hey, you could sell it to your investor client, then you could resell property them after it's fixed up and looks nice and all the problems are corrected. Right. Um, I had one a while back, man. That was a similar situation. A guy had a double wide sitting on an acre, and he had pulled three more single wides right in behind it. Mm -hmm. And he hooked them all up to the same power meter. I mean, you know, really, um, he hooked them all up to the same power meter, was renting them all out. And guess what? The city come in. City come in, uh, code enforcement, come, well, the county code enforcement come in. They um, put a notice on his front door. They turned off the power. All of a sudden, this guy was living in the double wide, renting out the three places behind him. They were all hooked in the same power meter. He pulled no permits for this. All of a sudden, all of a sudden, his electricity got turned off. So he was in a position where he was just extremely, extremely motivated because he couldn't get his own electricity turned back on until he got this problem corrected and got those mobile homes out of there. Sure. And um, 
and man, even then he had some uh, problems after that. It created it created an opportunity for some good deals there, right. and just people honestly, people doing dumb things. I mean, um, and you know what? A lot of them. Here's the here's the crazy thing. A lot of them will go out and do something like that, and then they don't have the money to fix it. Hmm. So they'll look to somebody, you know, hopefully a real estate agent, you know, because um, I mean, part of our job, or at least most of us, part of our job should be we, we should be problem solvers. Right. And um, sometimes you gotta you gotta be a problem solver in situations like that. But um, well, I love I love that, Jason. I I love that you've got uh, so many totally unique ways to do this, right? We kind of broke down the standard GeoLeads practices at the beginning of the podcast, and then you jumped into all these unique ways to find either distressed or or kind of unique properties that are in a sticky circumstance that, that, that you can jump in and, and take advantage of. Um, I mean, I've lost count of how many uh, GeoLead hacks you've given us today, but um, but you said you mentioned you had a couple you were gonna save for the end. Um, are there any other of these kind of yeah. interesting unique ones that you want to cover well you know what man i had a lot of experience doing this i've worked on a lot of development land in the past a lot of developments and stuff and um you know what there's a lot of large tracts of land out there mm. and there are buyers for a lot of these whether it's developers whether it's hunters whether it's whatever it is um there's some opportunities there yeah right and um a lot of those large tracts of land uh, you know, whether it's a recreational piece, like it's being used for hunting or fishing or whatever, or it's a piece that might have some development potential. Mm. Um, there's a lot of opportunities with GLEs doing that. There's also a lot of opportunities um, where, you know, you know, you're driving down the road and all of a sudden you see a new Dollar General that opened up right there. You see a new gas station that's at the corner or you see a new whatever it may be. But then you see vacant land on both sides of it behind it. You know, um, sometimes you look at that and you go, man, what could that be a good use for? What what could be whatever it is there? And you wouldn't believe how many people, a lot of agents will look at that and they'll say, oh, Andrew, you know what? The guy that's building that strip center, he's probably called the guy next door already, right? Mm -hmm. That is not likely. It's not likely. Um, and doing a, I'll give you a great example of that, man. A few years ago, we were real involved in foreclosure auctions, me and another guy. And you know what? Some of these tracks of land would be going up for sale. And my partner that I was doing a lot of this stuff with, it would blow me away. He would call the guy next door and go, hey, look, man, I got a piece of property that neighbors yours. Um, do you think you'd be interested in it? And you wouldn't believe how many people would say, yeah, they had no idea it was going to auction. No idea it was going to be for sale. No idea it was being foreclosed on. And man, we made a lot of deals with people that literally own the joint property or the property across the street. And um, there's a lot of opportunities for large tracts of land, and there's not a lot of agents that are working that area of the market right now. Right. And um, you know, we like to think there is, but man, I tell you what, I've got I've got two more real quick. And, awesome. Uh, Let's hear them. Man, you know what? I should have said this from the beginning with, you know, guys, you guys are, a lot of you guys are in these super hot markets. A lot of you guys have these buyers that are missing out on deals. They're going to multiple offers, but they got cash, right? Why aren't you using GLEs to just see if you can find another house in the neighborhood? Um, I've done this with oceanfront condos before with some success. 
where I'd have somebody say, hey, they want a three bedroom that's in, you know, whatever oceanfront resort. And all of a sudden the three bedroom they wanted, you know, it goes to multiple offers and they don't get it. And, but they're sitting there with two, three, four hundred thousand dollars cash. Um, I should find them something, you know, I feel obligated to find them something to spend their money on, you know, (laughs) that's what our job is. So, um, why can't you pull up the numbers in the resort and call the rest of the three veterans and just call them up, say, Hey, Andrew, my name's Jason Morris. Um, got a buyer. We just missed out on a multiple offer situation. The place is priced at $400,000. Would you be interested in selling yours? I sure would. And I mean, (laughs) there's that opportunity, right? Right. And you know what, if you're really smart about it, you could go through using geo leads and you could pick out the people that, Hey, they bought theirs, you know, 2009, 2010 when the market sucked. 200,000 and today, you know, you got a buyer there with cash that's willing to give them 400,000. Um, there's a lot of opportunities like that, especially hot neighborhoods. And uh, the last one is, is been one of my favorite ones to not necessarily to talk about because it's not a great situation, but it's a, a great opportunity for real estate agents to help people with their problems and help people with their issues. It's eviction filings. Mm. Right now we're in a tough time in the world, and I'll tell you this, um, especially these landlords that own one or two rental properties, you know, they're not not fully invested uh, landlords. I, I'm not discounting them in any way, but you know, they own one house, they own two houses. Um, they filed an eviction. Uh, man, sometimes I'll file some evictions sometimes with rental property we have. And, man, I just want to be done with the place, <laughs> you know, especially if you ended up, you somehow got two bad tenants in a row, which just happens. Um, you know what? There's a lot of opportunity there with sellers that a lot of agents are truly just completely looking over. Um, you're not calling the tenant that's getting evicted. You're calling the owner of the property. Hmm. And that, that feature where you're doing one-off lookups, man, that's, that's an amazing feature. So it's, it's almost like you're using geo leads in a for rent by owner situation where rather than using the for rent by owner product to call those 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 That's landlords right. you're just you're just using geo leads based on the eviction notices That's right you're just looking up the eviction notices That's awesome And um, I mean you know you think about that you're evicting a tenant sometimes you're evicting your second bad tenant in a row and uh, right now's a unfortunate time in the world and there are no, you know a lot of people out there on properties they don't have a lot of money you're evicting a tenant they're behind on payments and I'll it's a great way that you can uh, you can find a lot of a lot of motivated sellers, sellers that want to do something. Right. Well, Jason, thank you so much. Um, these these have all been so amazing. I mean, before we wrap up, anything else? Anything else you want to leave <laughs> oh, with the man. audience? Any other facts you want to pack in here? I feel like we've overwhelmed some people. Um, you know what? Is it's a great product if you get creative with geo leads. There's a tremendous amount of opportunity out there, and a tremendous amount, of and it's in every market, right? You know, sometimes we we'll, we we'll hear about an agent that's doing amazing, doing for sale by owners, and they're in you know, you know, somewhere in Oklahoma that's in the middle of nowhere where there's tons and tons of for sale owners. Um, but GLEs is a product and a service that you guys are offering that's it's the most versatile service that's out there, without a doubt. Excellent. Well, that's what we love to hear. And as we wrap up the show, I mean, you dropped more tips and tricks than than I could even count. Um, I mean, we came in talking 12, we probably got, you know. 16, 17. Yeah, 15, 20, however many there were. We're gonna compile those in, in the time codes for this video on your landing page. We're gonna continue to share that with our audience, your audiences, 
everyone out there. Um, so thank you, Jason. Thank you so much for sharing all those with us. Yeah, I appreciate um, you guys having me.